want to share today about compassion, compassion that really drives our prayers. Uh, when I talk about this, I'm, I'm really ashamed of how little compassion I have. Um, and when I've prayed with you all, many of you um, have stirred me up by hearing your cries for your those you love. And I thank God for that. Um, but as I've been considering um, compassion, I've been looking at the life of Christ and looking at his, his compassion for, for people and wanted to share um, some passages from his life that really, I think, make the biggest difference to, to helping us live with the right view toward people, really loving them. No man ever loved like Jesus before answering the self-righteous the self-righteous uh, young ruler. I love the phrase that's in the text in, in Mark 10 there that Jesus looked at him and loved him. And can we not say that our Lord had that same look and love toward all those he encountered as we think about him reaching Reaching like Nicodemus, fearful Nicodemus, he loved him. Looking at the thirsty woman there in, in Samaria, he loved her. Looking up to Zacchaeus, who was so despised, Jesus loved him. Looking at the crazy man who was possessed by a thousand demons and cut himself, and everyone was just afraid of him. Yet Jesus looked at him and loved him. And Jesus, in all of these encounters, we see his love and we see a compassion, something uh, beyond love, a, a stirring of his heart that caused him to act. When you look at Jesus before the crowd, he had compassion on them and he healed their sick. When he saw the great crowd who was who had gathered to you know, see, see his miracles, to hear his teaching, and found out that they had not eaten food, that they were hungry. It says he had compassion on them. And, and then we have the story of him providing food for them in a miraculous way. And then we have the individual account again of, of him going to Lazarus and seeing Mary there weeping, and he had compassion. On, on her weeping because her brother had died and he wept there with her. Seeing the widow of Nain coming out with uh, her son, her only son who had died, Jesus told her, don't weep. With compassion, he, he raised her son from the dead. What was it in, in all these, these stories that that caused Jesus to be moved in his heart, to, to go out toward people with this compassion. It was, it was a view of their present distress that stirred that desire within him. Their physical sufferings, hunger, disease, death, it deeply bothered our Lord. And certainly we ought to be moved by these things as well when we see uh, these things in the lives of people we know and encounter. 
But Jesus was also moved more than just the physical needs. He was moved by the spiritual needs as well. And this is a passage I want to look at in Matthew chapter 9, verse 36. It tells us about Jesus' view of people who are like sheep. He saw the multitude, and it says he saw them as sheep without a shepherd. And it uses two adjectives to describe them. And we can use the two saying that they were harassed and helpless or distressed and dejected. These were sheep that without a shepherd. They were the ones that Jesus spoke about in his parable, that they had gone far away from their shepherd and they were without anyone to rescue them. They were just done for. All these sheep would soon find themselves in a place where there wasn't, there wasn't any hope for change. And this is what caused Jesus to be moved. He saw these people in Israel so, uh, so abandoned by their spiritual leaders. The Pharisees uh, were the spiritual leaders there. And Jesus later in Matthew spoke about how they, they did not lead uh, their people to the Lord at all. They were blind guides, he called them. He said that these Pharisees would actually shut people out of the kingdom, they would keep people from coming into the kingdom. And when they would go and proselytize, they would make people twice as much a child of hell. So here, the people of Israel did not have spiritual leaders. You know, there's a reason why Jesus further finishes this passage by urging his disciples to pray for more workers, that Israel needed more spiritual leaders. And he says, actually, the world, the harvest of the field, the world needs spiritual leaders. People are sheep without shepherds. And this is what moved Jesus in, in compassion. On one level, each individual goes astray. We're all like lost sheep. Each one of us have turned to our own way. But on another level, we all follow certain people in, in this world. Everyone follows certain people. Here is a world filled with many blind guides. Many people want a leader who will, who will meet their needs, who will feed their soul. But the vast majority are going after blind guides that cannot meet their deepest needs at all. And so this causes us to, to pray with, with compassion because we know that there is, no, there is no hope in finding a political leader or a spiritual leader uh, outside of those who have submitted to the shepherd, our Lord Jesus Christ. So here is, is Jesus moved in, in this story, but there's another story in Luke chapter 19 that I want to, to finish with here that shows his compassion, not just for the present distress of people, but their future judgment. If you remember the story of Jesus, his last week, he is riding into Jerusalem on a donkey. And here, the multitude of his disciples are rejoicing. They're praising God. And, and because they've seen his miracles, and they're just overjoyed. Uh, the, the Pharisees are upset, and they try to 
have Jesus rebuke him. Jesus addresses that. But you look at Jesus' response as he's riding in. There's a moment where it, it says to us he's overcome with emotion that causes him to weep. He's, he's visibly weeping. Why is Jesus weeping entering Jerusalem as all of his disciples are rejoicing? What is going on? Well, Jesus gives a lament of why he's weeping in Luke chapter 19, verse 41. And when he was come near, he beheld the city and wept over it, saying, If thou hast known, even thou, at least in this thy day, the things which belong unto thy peace, but now they are hid from thine eyes. For the day shall come upon thee, that thine enemies shall cast a trench about thee, and compass thee round, and keep thee in on every side, and shall lay thee even with, with the ground, and thy children within thee, and they shall not leave in thee one stone upon another, because thou knewest not the time of thy visitation. Here we behold the weeping prophet. No, not Jeremiah, but the greater than Jeremiah, with the eyes as a fountain of tears. Our Lord is weeping. Why? Because he has a prophetic eye toward the coming horrific destruction of Jerusalem and ultimately destruction of the people of Israel. He's weeping because here they're willfully ignorant. They're blind to the way of peace. The Prince of Peace is riding into Jerusalem and the people are going to reject him. They're going to miss the day of visitation when, when this very day is the day of salvation. They're going to be a part of the devil's plan to oppose the Lord Jesus. And God will bring judgment on them in AD 70 under Titus, which you can read by Josephus. He describes a horrific scene of Jerusalem filled with a million Jews coming for Passover, a siege that lasted four months with many starving and those that trying to escape crucified with hundreds of crosses around the city until finally Titus breaks in section by section, slaughters hundreds of thousands. One Over one million Jews are slaughtered. The temple is destroyed and burned. And uh, Josephus says there was not vacant spots on the ground because of the the mass of dead bodies. Here Jesus is weeping with, with his future judgment in view. And that very same week on the way to the cross, on the way to his crucifixion, he tells the women who are weeping not to weep for him, but to weep for themselves because of this. So for us, as we look at those around us and those we know who do not know the way of peace, who have not trusted in our Lord, we ought to have hearts that are heavy toward them because we know their destruction is eternal damnation away from the presence of God. So Spurgeon urges us, brothers and sisters, if we would have others come to Jesus, we must be like Jesus in tenderness. We must be meek, lowly, gentle, and sympathetic. And we must be moved to deep emotion at the thought that any should perish. Never let us speak of the doom of the wicked harshly, flippantly, or without holy grief. The loss of heaven and the endurance of hell must always be themes for tears. That men should live without Christ is grief enough, 
but that they should die without Christ is an overwhelming horror, which should grind our hearts to powder before God and make us fall on our faces and cry, O God, have mercy upon them and save them for thy grace and for thy love's sake. Yes, our, our day of weeping is now, but we know that as God has promised, they that sow in tears shall reap in joy. He that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. Psalm 126. And again, Jesus said, Blessed are ye that hunger now, for ye shall be filled. Blessed are ye that weep now, for ye shall laugh. May these words of Christ dwell in us richly.